Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Balls Over the Top NFL Prediction Show. This is week 10. I'm Michael Rock. I'm Brendan Collins. Welcome to the show. Yeah. We've got a lot of great games this week. It is currently the Thursday night matchup, Battle for First Place in the AFC South, with the Tennessee Titans playing against the Indianapolis Colts. Pretty solid matchup. Pretty solid matchup so far. Brendan, what are your thoughts? Uh, both these teams have been pretty impressive this season. I mean, the Colts' defense has really bailed them out with Phil Rivers having the turnover rate that he's having. But all in all, both teams have also kind of hit like a weird like stumbling block at this point in the season where they are good teams, but they don't feel like they're great teams. They all feel like playoff bound, especially with the potential expanded playoffs this offseason if a game gets canceled, which who knows with the numbers that are going on and the possibility of that happening. Um, but yeah, this is a good matchup. I'm excited to see it. I've got fantasy interest on both sides of this, so... I'm hoping we get to see a little bit more offense than we saw in the uh, in the first quarter here at the start of the second. Yeah, it is a uh, seven to three score line right now. We have Tennessee up on the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know. I'm curious to see if we get that offense. These are two teams that do definitely have the potential. I mean, this Titans team has Derrick Henry, who's been arguably the most consistent running back of the last couple seasons. It also has some big play threats with A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Johnu Smith. Meanwhile, on the Indianapolis side, T.Y. Hilton's been their big play guy for the last several years, but they also now have some more weapons emerging out of the backfield. There's also some you know, tight end threat with Trey Burton. Phillip Rivers gives them more quarterback stability than they've had at the very least since Andrew Luck. And even then, he was always so in and out of the lineup that it was hard to argue that there was much stability there. So definitely excited to see where this game goes. Curious if we get that offense because they are such defensive-oriented teams. But the potential is definitely there. So we're just going to have to wait and find out. Coming into this game, it was a one-point spread. It was pretty much a toss-up. I think my gut at the beginning of the game was with the Colts, and I think I am going to stick with it, despite the fact that they're down right now. And Tennessee is driving with the possibility of maybe expanding the lead. Who's your pick for this one? I think the Titans take slightly better care of the ball, and because these are two defensive teams, I think it's a little bit silly to bet against them. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Titans in this one. Yeah, well, it's going to be exciting to see how this one pans out for sure. Moving on to Sunday, we have a handful of really exciting games this week, starting with a matchup between some AFC teams that are definitely underperforming. Romeo Crennel's taken over for the Houston Texans from the terrible reign of Bill O'Brien as the czar of that organization. And he's turned the boat around a little bit. He has Deshaun Watson playing a bit better. They're getting the most out of Will Fuller of late. 
But the injury bug continues to bite them. David Johnson looks like he's going to miss this week with a concussion. And then on the other hand, Baker Mayfield's kind of been a mess this year for the Browns. They can't seem to get their act together. They've also had their own injury issues with Austin Hooper's emergency appendectomy a couple weeks ago that's had him out the last few weeks, and Odell Beckham Jr.'s freak ACL tear. Plus a couple of injuries that they've had to cycle their backfield a little bit. I mean, it hasn't been too bad, but there have been some inconsistencies back there even. It's been, yeah, it's been rough for both these teams so far. I don't have a super strong gut feeling either way. Do you have do you have a real grasp on this one? So, I feel like this one's a little bit tough. I feel like I'm more likely to lean toward that Houston team because I have more faith in Deshaun Watson and more faith in Romeo Cornell than I do in the Browns organization and that Baker Mayfield, you know, that, that young Browns team. So I think, by the way, we didn't go over the line here. I mean, the Browns are three-and-a-half point favorites. 48-and-a-half is the over-under. I think we see Houston win this game and Houston cover. I feel like we're going to go with that under, though, for that over-under. While I do think both teams are capable of scoring points, I think that Browns team has been so self-destructive of late with the bad turnovers, not taking care of the football, that I just don't know if I see it being as high scoring on both sides that we hit that over. I think I could see like a 28 to 10. I think I could even see like a 28 to 17. If anything, though, I think it's closer and more low scoring than I do think it's closer and high scoring. So I think I go with Houston win, Houston cover, under of 48 and a half. What about you? I think J.J. Watt has a real chip on his shoulder from the season. I mean, he's been really looking forward to coming back from his injury issues, and he hasn't really gotten to do it. He's explicitly stated he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. I think he's really going to come out and perform, so I'm with you on the under. And yeah, I think the Texans have this one. I think the Browns are just in a little bit more disarray right now, and I think the fact that Bill O'Brien's gone and there's been a culture change has kind of given the Texans enough of a revitalization that they're coming into this one with just a little bit more to work with. I'm uh, I'm picking the Texans. The next 1 o'clock game, we've got a divisional matchup that we definitely have our eyes on. Philadelphia Eagles are facing off against those New York Giants. Eagles are favorites by 3.5. We got an over-under at 44.5. See, this one's really easy to me. I don't really think I need to get too into it. I do think the Eagles are the better team, especially coming off the bye week with the week to rest up, heal up, prepare. They did have a small COVID-19 scare this week. One of their coaches tested positive, but I don't think that that really affected too much 
in the players practicing or in a lot of their meeting and game planning. I think the Eagles should win this game. So I think three and a half points. It's a little bit generous to New York. They have been playing better recently. Mm -hmm. I will give them that. They definitely looked improved against Washington. Got a a win for themselves there. Mm Mm-hmm. And they looked really good against New England the week before. And the Buccaneers too. They didn't. Not against the. Bu- yeah, that's what I meant. I meant the Buccaneers. Yeah, I, I keep on. I keep on. No, I keep yeah, on thinking Tom Brady, Brady yeah. and I jumped to New England. So yeah, really good against bu- the Buccaneers. So I do think I'm going to go with the over here. I think we're hitting the over forty-four and a half. The Eagles' defense is full of holes. They let up big plays. They let up third-down conversions. I, while they will maybe force a turn a, turnover out of Danny Jones because he's they're going to hit him, he, they're going to hit him, and he's not the most careful with the ball. I don't see us keeping them off the scoreboard either, and I do think we are going to score some points. So I'm going Eagles win, Eagles cover over of forty four and a half, especially because I do think that's a little bit low. Well, and also we do have Alshon Jeffrey possibly coming back. In this one, which I think if Alshon Jeffrey is in good physical health, his size and his experience at and, his NFL, hands. and his hands are, you know, very important to what this team has now, because now we have the guy who can go up and make the contested catches. And now we have freed up both Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rieger, the other guys, Ward, Greg Ward. Yeah. All, all the tight of them are ends. Now, yeah, tight ends it get takes pressure up. off of people if Alshon Jeffrey is anything like himself of a few years ago. But that's a big if. You know, I, could, I would argue he hasn't necessarily been the same since he had that drop in the playoffs against the New Orleans Saints the year after the Super Bowl. He, I would also say he essentially has riddled with injuries. He essentially hasn't played. Since so that time either, but he's still he's still had an opinion on everything and had no problem being I don't want to say a disruption, but you know making he's his voice heard. Yeah, he's a little bit of a grouch in the locker room. So, I, like I said though, my my opinion stands. I, I do think Alshon's return could be a big improvement. I think that's big, but mm-hmm. I think if like it just I think if it there. just l- lightens the load on some of these rookie receivers from having to do it all and then in turn that lightens the load on Carson a little bit if it just brings back people you know together a little bit I think it's going to be worth it I'm pick I'm picking the birds in this one I'm hitting the over we can jump to the next one o'clock game so we have another divisional matchup after that in the NFC South this time the Carolina Panthers fresh off a very impressive performance but still a loss. They all count the same, whether it's close or, or ugly. Against the Kansas City Chiefs last weekend, or have a divisional matchup against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this one should be a really good one. Unfortunately, Christian McCaffrey is not going to be in this game, which... Really is a bummer for the Panthers. They just went many weeks without him because of a pretty ugly high ankle sprain. He finally comes back and ends up right back on the injury report. Because of that, 
I think we saw this spread creep a little bit higher than it would have been. Right now, Tampa Bay is five and a half points favored. Over under set at 50 and a half. I think that's a pretty solid line. I think it's a line, though, that still maybe favors the Buccaneers. If Christian McCaffrey were healthy and playing, I think it would be a different story. But I think that it takes a little bit of the wind out of the sails of that Panthers team. They were already a little bit deflated because they lost that really tough match last weekend. And now you kind of add to that the fact that they lose Christian McCaffrey again immediately after getting him back. I just don't think things are stacking up for the Panthers to pull off this upset. So I think I go I think I go Tampa to win. I think I go Tampa to Tampa to cover that five and a half point spread. But I'm gonna go with the under. I'm gonna go with the under of fifty and a half because that seems a little bit high to me for a Buccaneers team that despite all these weapons I mean, they got thumped last week, if you don't recall. They they barely put any points on the scoreboard, netting a field goal in the end to salvage the, basically, I don't want to salvage the shutout, or you know what I mean, prevent the shutout. Yeah, spoil the shutout. Spoil the shutout. There you go. Uh, and a Panthers team that's now going to be without its best weapon, while they were adjusted to not having him, I feel like they just kind of took that burden off their shoulders and, and immediately putting it back on is going to cause that team, that offense to sputter a little bit. I think I disagree. I think we saw how well the Panthers were starting to come into form under Matt Rule. I don't feel like the same thing is happening for Bruce Arians at the moment. I feel like things are starting to fall apart for him fairly quick. I mean... Tom Brady's getting, you know, has trouble getting the ball out. How does that work? doesn't. I mean, that's what Tom Brady's always been the best at, quickly executing a play, and that hasn't been happening in this Buccaneers offense. I'm, I'm going with the Panthers. I'll take three points with them. But, yeah, I also see hitting the under in this one 50 and a half points is a, a little bit too rich for my blood. I don't think we're going to see that get hit. One o'clock game after that one is the Washington football team facing off against the Detroit Lions. And this is an interesting one. Detroit Lions are favorites by four and a half points, but there's no over-under for this game. Because no one knows what's, what's going to happen. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that this line hasn't been released yet. I mean, usually by these Thursday games, we have not only ha have the lines up, but we, we have almost usually had the lines for a couple of days. And yeah. they've been fluctuating, kind of going up and down. I do understand that there have been COVID scares. You know, Matt Stafford last week had his potential COVID exposure. There are question marks. Even there are question marks with Washington, I understand, with... Is Alex Smith now the unquestioned starter? Is it going to be Dwayne Haskins? There's all sorts of different things going on there. 
But yeah, we're not going to get a chance to give any input on this over-under, and I think this game is pretty easy to pick. While I think everybody's excited for Alex Smith to possibly make his comeback, he's been turning the ball over quite a bit when he's made his relief appearances. I get it. He's rusty. So I go Detroit to win and cover at that four-and-a-half-point line. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the asterisks on this one if Matt Stafford plays. I'm just picking the Detroit Lions and I'm picking them to cover. I don't think Matt Stafford played last week and that was when he had the COVID issues. So, so I, right. he hasn't been back on. I'm the still COVID putting list. the asterisks in just in case. Who knows what happens in this crazy world of ours? Game after that, another one that's I think a little bit of a foregone conclusion is we have the. Jacksonville Jaguars facing off against the Green Bay Packers. Now, Aaron Rodgers has been on a tear this season. He's had a couple hiccups. They did get thrashed by the Vikings just a couple weeks ago. But we have a team in the Packers that seem to be pretty handily on their way to a division title, to likely multiple home playoff games really competing with the likes of the other two of the three divisions in the NFC for that top seed, whether it's going to, you know, if they can edge out the teams in the West and the South for that home field advantage. Unfortunately, us in the East are lagging behind quite a bit, so we're not really in that discussion. You never know what the rest of the season You do never know. But meanwhile, like I said, we have a team in Jacksonville who's really just struggling. They have one win. It seems like the Gardner Minshew experiment is kind of starting to run its course. He has a broken thumb. Yeah, I know he has a broken thumb, but you know people were talking all year about them kind of tanking this season with the hopes of maybe getting one of the really enticing quarterbacks in this year's draft. And with only one win it kind of seems like they're fulfilling that prophecy a little bit. If Gardner Minshew had come in and played out of his mind and led the team to several wins, this wouldn't be as much in the conversation right now. But as you get toward past the halfway point of the season, which we're at, and toward the two-thirds of the season mark, you know, sitting there with still only one win in the basement of a division that has some other teams that are struggling, yeah, but you've also already stripped away at your team. Or I mean, like I don't know, I don't know what their plan is with Gardner Minshew, but if you, they did very they, little to set him up with much success. Well, I think that was kind of planned. I think he played well enough to warrant them realizing Nick Foles wasn't the answer, even though they gave Nick Foles that fat contract. But they didn't invest a lot in him. He's a late round draft pick playing on an entry level contract. Right now, they have very little invested in him. So I think if the opportunity presents itself for them to snag what would be considered a more heavily scouted and heavily touted and highly acclaimed you know, generational talent coming out of college with a top pick when one of those quarterbacks are available, I very much see them pursuing that, especially when it has looked like they did a lot to set themselves up in the offseason to put themselves in this position, much like the Dolphins did last year on their way to getting Tua. 
That's true, but you don't make like the media investment that the Jaguars have with the Minshew mania and try and start that branding. I think you do because he's there. He's just like do it. just like the way that the Sixers still marketed Nerlens Noel and Jaleel Okafor, even though the writing was on the wall for a long time that those players weren't going to really be part of anything significant here. You because you you do anything you can to sell tickets. If they didn't market Minshew Mania this year, what would they market in Jacksonville? They got rid of Jalen Ramsey. They got rid of Leonard Fournette. They I got mean, rid of you know what option. I mean. What what uh, what else are you gonna use to try and sell memorabilia and tickets? And he's quirky. He has a mustache. he's a fun he's a fun little story. It's kind of like when the Knicks had that what's his name uh, Lynn Sanity Jeremy Lynn. They never really committed to him or gave him a lot of money or anything, but they certainly rode the Cash marketing rode the... the marketing wagon on him. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's true. I think this game's not going to be close. We went off a little bit of a tangent there, but. I think Packers easily run away with this one. The spread is 13.5 points. I think that's right about in line with what it's going to be. I'm more inclined, though, to go with Aaron Rodgers here and the Packers, especially because with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones getting healthy, this team has been kind of roaring and, and on a train ever since they did get thumped by Minnesota. And I see them continuing that and trying to build upon that as we move into the second half of the season here. So, and with Minshew still not back, which I do think Minshew's a lot of fun to watch. I do think he deserves to be on a team and competing for a job somewhere. And I think that he keeps teams in games, which is a unique trait. A lot of players, a lot of players struggle at keeping teams competitive in games. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But without him in the lineup this week, I think it's easily a Packers win. I think Packers should and are capable of covering that 13.5-point spread. And the line of 50 points, you know, I'm going go, to go over on that. I'm going to go over on that just because I actually see the Jags getting a touchdown or two. Mm-hmm. And... With the I rookie see the, quarterback? Jake yeah, they did, it, they did it last week. Granted, it was against the Texans defense that's certainly been struggling. But, you know, James Robinson has been a capable running back, pretty much has gotten almost 100 scrimmage yards almost every game this season. I see them being able to throw some garbage points in, but I don't see the game being close, you know? Yeah. So I, I think I'll go over a 50 just because I trust the Packers to put up a lot of points. And I could see I could see the Jags scoring two touchdowns just But that would mean the Packers need to put up thirty six points. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could see like a thirty five touchdowns on a field goal. I could see like a thirty five seventeen which puts you over fifty. Yeah, that's true. Uh I'm going to go with the Packers to cover and on the money line, but I'm gonna pick the under. I just don't think there's gonna be that much gas in that game. That's valid. And uh, it's... Aaron Rodgers can Aaron Rodgers can take the gas off a little bit when he wants to, because he I mean he knows how to win a football game, and if he doesn't feel like he's racing them, he's going to only take his easy shots. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. So we will keep an eye on this one. I mean, this one's going to have more fantasy implications. It feels like than anything. 
I don't know if it's ever really going to be, or again, maybe financial implications for people playing the bets like, like we're talking, but I think this, the result of this game is a bit of a foregone conclusion. Yep. And I think as far as calendars go and where it goes on the schedule, it doesn't matter too much. Well, that wraps up our 1 p.m. matchups for this week. Before we jump into our afternoon games, we are going to bring in our friend of the show. Tyler's here for his weekly pick. What do you got for us this week, Tyler? Welcome but welcome back. Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah, uh, this week, coming. I got one from the, the 4 o'clock game, so I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but... Um, this one's from Cardinals versus Bills, which I think is going to be a really good game. Probably, I think, one of the games of the week Yeah, it's the next, next on our docket to talk about. This is a great yeah. segue. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this one, you know, I think the Cardinals are playing great. Kyler Murray's playing out of his mind. Um, for this one, you know, I think just they're going to be a little too much to handle for the Bills, and I like Cardinals to score first and win in this one, so... That's my pick. I think they're going to... Cardinals to score first and to win? Yep. I think they're going to overwhelm the Bills a little bit, and I think uh, think he's going to keep keep rolling. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye on that, Tyler. Appreciate you weighing in. Always love having you here. Give us your input. We will definitely look forward to having you back next week. So that brings us right into that game, that Arizona Cardinals versus the Buffalo Bills. Now, by the way, weird week this week. There are six... Four o'clock games this week, more than there are one o'clock games. Not a typical, not a typical layout for the NFL. There, pretty interesting that there are so many prime times. There, you know, that's usually the prime time game of the week slot. Six games, it's quite a handful. So that'll be fun to watch. You know, games kind of days actually kind of split up into two. Be interesting to watch also on the fantasy front. Oh yeah, get the red zone on there. Exactly. So as Tyler was mentioning, this is a close game. Arizona are actually two and a half point favorites over the Bills. Bills coming off of a couple of rough losses over the past few weeks after they were really kind of rolling to start off the season. Really considered by some even there was some Super Bowl chatter, definitely some divisional chatter in a division that's really been owned by the Patriots for much of the last two decades. Two and a half points spread in favor of Arizona and an over-under pretty high one. Maybe the highest of the week. 56 and a half points. I think I'm going to disagree with Tyler's assessment. Hate to hate to call him out. I know he's we put a lot of faith in him for his for his one pick of the week, but I do think the Bills get back on track this week. I think this Cardinals team is a team capable of of some upsets. We know that. I think they're a team capable of winning some big games and overwhelming some defenses. But I think the same thing about this Bills team. I mean, they've controlled some games with the run. Josh Allen had a streak of games putting up 400 yards passing and big play threats with John Brown on the outside. Stephon Diggs, maybe one of the biggest offseason acquisitions, biggest offseason transactions that we've seen on any team. So I think I go with the Buffalo Bills to get back on track here. I'll take the two and a half points that they're being given. But 56 and a half, boy. These are two offenses that are fun to watch. That is for sure. 
But I just don't know if I can get behind 56 and a half points. I feel like we're not going to see a all-out shootout, but we're going to see one of these teams get a little bit frazzled and overwhelmed. I, I can't imagine just back and forth, back and forth, big plays, especially the way that the Bills like to kind of slow things down, control the clock, you know, that run-heavy defensive football that Sean McDermott likes. So I'm going to go Bills. Win Bill's points under of 56 and a half. What are your thoughts? I think Kyler Murray's been having an MVP season. I think that's a not not too difficult to argue, considering that he is on pace to improve upon Lamar Jackson's season. I think I like Tyler's pick. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm going to pick them with the spread. I think we see the overhead. I think this is going to wind up having to be a shootout because I think the spread of this Arizona Cardinals offense is going to be a little bit overwhelming for the for the Bills. See, I, I just I feel like if the, if the, if this was a team that was dependent on running the ball, I would. I would pick the Bills, but they're not. They can get it done through the air. I feel like this Bills team is better than that Miami Dolphins team, and I feel like Miami just got the best of Arizona. So that was kind of where I was also directing my thought process. We haven't seen the Bills face to it yet. We We don't have that measuring stick yet. Well, we'll see. I'm curious to see how the game goes. So, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a close matchup, I think. But I like I said, I I, I just don't see that over. I just don't see fifty six and a half. So, what is your thought process on this Los Angeles Chargers? Oh no, sorry, we'll get to that one in a second. We have the. Denver Broncos versus the Vegas Raiders. That's right. The Raiders are favorites by four and a half points, and right now the over-under is at 50 and a half. Yeah, what do you think about this game? This is, I mean, this one, I think, other than being a divisional matchup, isn't particularly an interesting one. I think the Raiders do edge out the Broncos just because they know who their quarterback is, at least for the time being. It's Derek Carr. He's been pretty good. I don't see them hitting 50 and a half points. I'm taking the under. Okay, I think it ends up going to the Raiders as well. I think they cover, and I think we go under on that 50 and a half as well. I think that's a pretty uneventful game. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I also think they cover. I don't know if I explicitly stated that, but I'm picking the Raiders for both on the money line and to cover. Now, this, this next game, I think we're both going to have an eye on, as we have the L.A. Chargers against the Miami Dolphins. Well, now, and we're both keeping our eye on this one. Because that's what I. That's what I was getting at. We we have a fantasy matchup this week. That's right against each other, where both of us are starting these rookie quarterbacks. So, I have Justin Herbert. You have Tua. And 
I think it should be quite an interesting matchup. I mean, they've both been very exciting to watch over their first several starts. Herbert with a little bit now larger of a sample size, but not as good of a record. Nope. Uh, Tua's been uh, winning games in his leadership of this Dolphins team, who's boasting a very, very impressive record right now. Gone to... I'm sorry, I have a really hard time just describing the Dolphins with a positive record. I don't know. Well, two has been it. two and zero. Oh. Two has been two and zero. Oh. The record, uh, the the Dolphins, I believe, five are and three. No, no, they would five be and six. Either, six and they'd three. be either six and three or seven. I think they're not seven and three. I they're six think. and three. They've had their bye week already because he came in after the bye week. That's right. So yeah, they're six and three. So. Yeah, it is weird thinking of them. No, they're. It says they're here. They're five and three. Actually, they're so five they're and right. three. My bad. So once you know what, once we learn how to do research and prepare, this thing's gonna really take off. So yeah, two and zero oh under. <laughs> once they, once they start, uh, you know. <laughs> I feel like the Dolphins will, will start to get a lot better once they start building a team around two. I mean, if you don't forget, they sold off just about everything of any value last year in an attempt to acquire picks. You know, they got rid of Kenyon Drake. They got rid of Laramie Tunsil. They were just trying to get a fire sale, everything they could in an attempt to acquire picks to maybe move up and get a franchise quarterback. They now have that quarterback. But if, I feel like he doesn't have all that much talent around him, and yet they're still winning games. So I think it'll be really exciting once that team gets an, an immense amount of talent to surround him with. I feel like on the other side of that, it's kind of what we're seeing where Justin Herbert was stepping into a team that was already, I don't want to say full, but you know, a team that was a playoff caliber team the last few years. It had a solid receiving core with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry at tight end. And you had a running back stable led by Austin Eckler. And you had a defense, you know, with, is it, is it, Nick, is it Nick? I thought it was Nick Bosa. I oh, know you're right. That is Joey Bosa. Joey, Joey Bosa on, on the chargers. Yeah. Nick, and Nick plays for San Francisco. Exactly. And with some other, you know, all pro pro bowl caliber players yeah, on man. that defense. So, you know, you, you have a player that was stepping into a team that was full of weapons on both sides of the ball. And that is why I think I do go with the chargers to win this game. I, I know that Herbert's been starting more games and was losing a lot more games as opposed to Tua, who's been perfect since he started. But I think that we're going to again see Herbert put up big numbers as he's put up almost every game of his career so far. I mean, constantly putting up 300 yards, several touchdowns. I think that's not going to be no different, and I think we will see Tua, although he's been very impressive, he hasn't really been called upon to win it with big offensive plays. Even last week in a little bit more high scoring of a game against the Cardinals, he still wasn't called upon to really carry the team. And so I think I'd go with the Chargers to win this game. I think I'd go with the Chargers to cover that spread. 
And over-under, 48.5. I'm going to go with over. I think this game is going to be a little bit of fun. I, th I think we're going to have some, some scores, and I think we, we hit the over on that. Well, I'm agreeing with you on the over, but will I agree with you on the Chargers pick? No. No, I don't think I will. Because it's two a time. Uh, I think this Dolphins team is, you know, talent gets discovered through performances, and that's what we need to see out of these teams. And right now, the Miami Dolphins are doing it. Uh, I'm, you know, this one's basically a toss-up with the one and a half point spread, but I'm picking the Dolphins against the spread. I'm picking them money line, but I also think we see this over of forty-eight and a half hit. The next game we got is a interesting matchup. It's the Cincinnati Bengals facing off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this one should be really good. I'm excited for this matchup. I'm excited to see how the Steelers continue to progress as they have gotten off to the hottest start in football, undefeated at this point. On the other side, we see Joe Burrow continue his growth and acclimation to the NFL we see that Bengals team really getting better and more competitive every week. And so, especially with it looks like Joe Mixon's going to be back on the field this week after our several-week absence, who is really one of the more talented workhorse backs in the NFL. I do think we see the Steelers come out with this win. I mean, these are teams that really don't like each other. It, it will most likely be a very hard-fought divisional battle. But I think the Steelers have been playing well and are going to continue their run of hot form. I think they win. But you know what? I think it'll be a close game. They barely beat the, the Cowboys by the skin of their teeth. So I will give the Bengals a shot to keep this close at that six and a half point spread. That's a little bit bigger of a spread than I was you know, then I would, would it be comfortable with. So I'm going to give those points to Cincinnati. Say it'll be a little bit closer of a game. Pittsburgh wins it, though, on the money line, and we will go with the over of 45 and a half. What are your thoughts? I think the Steelers stay unbeaten. I don't think the Bengals quite have what it takes to win this matchup, but I do think that they keep it close, and I am going to take them with the points. I... This is weird. I, this over-under at 45.5, we've seen the Steelers really light up the scoreboard, but they struggled against the Cowboys' defense of all teams. And I just don't know what happens with this Cincinnati Bengals matchup. I think it's going to actually be under. I think it's going to be like a 24-20 game that the Steelers win on a fourth quarter drive. That's very reasonable. That's very reasonable. Two more four or games in this 4 o'clock window. We have the Saints... Facing off against a very banged-up San Francisco 49ers team. This is a game, again, I don't think should be too much in question. 
as far as what the outcome will be. It's just a matter of by what margin. Saints are favored by 9.5. And, and the over-under is 48.5. To me, I think this is pretty simple. I think I'm going to go with the Saints to win. And I'm going to go with the Saints to cover. As far as that over-under is concerned, that's the one that has me a little bit more puzzled. This 49ers offense is really hurting. They're struggling to run the football, which is what their identity is, really. They're struggling on the play-action pass and and really with their vertical passing game with Jimmy Garoppolo hurt. And again, when you can't establish the run, your play-action pass really suffers. And they're missing George Kittle, who's probably the most dynamic weapon on that offense. So I really don't know how many points they're going to put up. You then kind of look at the other side of the aisle. You look at the Saints, who have no problem running up the score. We just saw them do that against division rivals, the Buccaneers, but we see them do that a lot. I mean, Sean Payton's pretty ruthless. But 48 and a half is an awfully high number when you're playing against a team that really just can't seem to get anything going right now. So I think i got to go under. So I think i go Saints win. The Saints to cover at nine and a half. I'm gonna go under forty eight and a half points. How are you landing on this one? I'm with you across the board on this one. We're watching the Saints kinda of come together. Drewbury specializes in passing the ball around, which right now San Francisco 49ers are having a lot of trouble stopping. Uh, I think we see the Saints run away again a little bit with another game. Uh, I don't think it gets particularly close. I think the scoring probably stays under even like 45 points. I think it stays pretty low. I don't I don't even see the 49ers getting to double digits again this week. Uh, the next 4 o'clock game. It's a divisional matchup. It's the last one of this prime time window. And we're going to stay in that NFC West that we were just talking about with those 49ers. We have the Seattle Seahawks facing off against that other Los Angeles team, the LA Rams. What are your thoughts on this one? How are you feeling? I can't believe the Rams are favorites in this one. It makes very little sense to me. I like the Seahawks in this one. I think... I, I You know what? I... I I'm really excited for this game purely for the DK Metcalf versus Jalen Ramsey matchup. I want to see who comes out on top of that one. I'm really hoping, just for fantasy reasons, it's DK Metcalf. But I think it would also just be interesting to see. Yeah, this game should be really exciting. The divisional implications here are huge. I mean, it's really the most competitive and arguably best division in football, that NFC West. You have three teams right now, and really, if not for injuries, most likely four teams that are all really competitive and and look like they could not only make the playoffs, but win some games in the playoffs. With that in mind, I agree with you. I am shocked that Seattle are underdogs in this game, and I think you need to jump on that. Seattle on the money line and with the points are both just absolute treats the way that this bet is shaping up. Mm Mm-hmm. The over-under, on the other hand, again, is going to be questionable. I definitely 
see this Rams team scoring points against Seattle. Especially garbage time points. It's their special the Seattle team. The Seattle defense has been really struggling. They have not been the Legion of Boom, you know, lockdown, absolutely brutal top-tier defense that we've become accustomed to seeing during the Pete Carroll era. Bobby Wagner's but one man. Exactly. And I don't get their decision to move on from. I mean, didn't they? Didn't they move on from? Was Frank Clark or was Frank Clark? Was he? Was he Seattle? Was Frank Clark? Either way, they they just seem to, in general, have been not willing to invest in their defense the way that a lot of other teams have have been willing to, and so it's starting to show. Then you look at this Rams team, which I don't know how they plan on keeping all their stars. I mean, they just cut the way to that Todd Gurley contract, but the big money that they've had to give Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Jared Goff, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, I just don't see how this team pulls it off. But not to mention the other big sign. Remember, they were bringing in a keep to leave. They were bringing in Dante Fowler. I mean, they were bringing in all sorts of different players. I think this game's got, like I said, Seattle gets the win. Seattle gets the money line. 54 and a half, though. I think that that seems just a little bit higher than what I would, would go for. Not that I think these teams aren't capable. Like I said, the Seahawks are going to give up points. They've been an explosive offense. I expect DK Metcalf to get on the scoreboard. I expect Chris Carson, if he's healthy, to be on the scoreboard. But 54 and a half is awfully high. And I think I I see this game being competitive enough and scrappy enough that we don't see the high scores that would put us hitting the over there. As we go into the night I, game, oh, I didn't pick the over under in that one. Oh, that's so let right. me let me let me jump on this. I I'm picking the Seahawks. Uh, I'm taking the points. I'm picking the money line. I think we do see the over in this one. I think because. Both teams are very liable, very subject to turning the ball over. We've seen Jared Goff do it a bunch of times. It you can get to Russell Wilson, especially when you have Aaron Donald on your defensive line. They they both generate turnovers. I think we do get to see some short fields, and I think because the defenses are liable to give up, you know, plays both because of the strength of the offense of the Seahawks and because of the weakness of the defense of the Seahawks. I think we see it go both both ways. I think we hit the over of 54.5. But yes, we can move on to the Sunday night game. Yeah, the Sunday night game. It's going to be quite a good one this week. I think we have pretty good matchups in the Sunday night and Monday night game. Sunday night, a little bit more interesting. Doesn't necessarily have playoff implications, but it could. It's a matchup that preseason I feel like looked a lot more enticing than it looks now Chicago Bears are playing against the Minnesota Vikings that's the Monday night game oh that's the Monday night game oh my bad you're right what am I thinking Sunday night game is not divisional this is an AFC matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots game that should be exciting obviously Lamar Jackson and Baltimore 
super exciting. Lamar Jackson's record as a starter is now, I think, something like the greatest of all time in his first, like, whatever, 25 games or whatever. I mean, he's like 19 and 6 or something ridiculous. And so, yeah, he's off to what's considered, I think, the greatest start of all time by record of any player. And on the other side of that, we're seeing this Patriots team that I think a week ago the storylines were a lot more negative than they are now. They, Even though they barely squeaked out a win against a Jets team that they really should have beaten. Right? Well, they did beat, but you know what I mean. Yeah. should have beaten by a lot. Handedly. They still all well, of a sudden... Well, everybody else has beat them, so they should have also. They were all of a sudden getting these really positive, you know, everybody's smiling and acting like all their problems are solved. I think that that's, they got another thing coming, coming up against this Baltimore team. I do know that Bill Belichick is a defensive genius, and you would expect him to game plan pretty well for Lamar Jackson. But I think with the depleted talent and the depleted roster that New England is dealing with at the moment, that's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to cancel out the weapons on that Baltimore team. And you're forgetting that, you know, John Harbaugh's not a bad coach either. Yeah, he's no stooge. And so I think I got to go Baltimore to win this. I think I go Baltimore to cover that six and a half point spread, even though it could be close. I mean, we did see New England, you know, win this game against the Jets and keep it close against the Bills the week before. I mean, New England, uh, you know, you'd never, you're not a smart man if you frequently pick Bill Belichick to not cover the spread. Bill doesn't like getting blown out. But. I think this Ravens team is too good, and I think the Steelers, not Steelers, this Patriots team still has way too much stuff to figure out. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one. 43 and a half, though, that seems low to me, so I'm going to go with the over there. 43 and a half, that's, that's a very low over-under in my mind for two offenses that have shown they can score, and I have no reason to believe that either defense is going to totally stymie the other team, so... What is your thoughts on that over-under? I'm with you on the Ravens, picking them, money line, picking them against the spread. I think we see the under in this one. I think they really pump their own tires in this win against the Jets. I think that all the air comes out this week. I think they get really stagnant up against this Ravens defense, and I think we see Cam get benched this game. I do not think this is the last game that Cam starts for the Patriots. I think I don't think it's the last game he starts. I think he gets benched again. Okay, it'll be interesting. I think that depends on if he's careless with the football or not. I think if they're ineffective, it's one thing. If they're turning the ball over ineffective, it's another thing. You know? Well, that's definitely a Bill Belichick tolerance thing. Well, last game of the week, I kind of teased it a second ago. Divisional matchup in the NFC North. Chicago Bears against the Minnesota Vikings. Two and a half point spread. This game seemed a lot more exciting in the preseason than it is now. I would have thought both of these teams would be competing for the playoffs. Seems like neither one of them is directly threatening for it. But you never know. Well, I'm, and with the expanded playoffs, they could either one could still be in it. Exactly. I mean, we did see Minnesota really play spoiler two weeks ago to to Green Bay, then they still got another solid win last week. So, you know, Minnesota seems like might be starting to, you know, circle the wagons, start to get everything 
start to get everything in line, but that Bears team, it, it seems like the offense still, it feels like they don't even wake up until the fourth quarter. And so I think I'm inclined to lean toward Minnesota here. Uh, I think they're just playing better football at the moment. Obviously, I could be wrong. I mean, there are big playmakers on, on the Bears that on both sides of the ball that can make a big enough imprint that it can sway the entire tide of a game. However, Dalvin Cook has been playing maybe the best football of his career. And... I mean, he's had multiple touchdowns and well over 100 yards from scrimmage. I think a couple of weeks ago he had something like 300 yards and three touchdowns. And, like, it was insane. He's just playing like a man possessed right now. And until I see a team start to really slow him down, especially with the Bears' offense being just as lethargic as it is right now, I think I'm going to have to think that Minnesota takes that win. Obviously, it is a divisional game. Anything can happen, but I'm just more inclined right now. If you were asking me where my confidence is, it's in Minnesota. It's covering that two and a half point spread just because that's a small enough, that's a small enough spread that I'm not feeling inspired to consider, you know, flip-flopping. 43 and a half, I think I go over there. This Bears team, like I said, in the fourth quarter is good for probably at the very least 14 points. If not, maybe a little bit more. You know, they're probably good for at the very least three in the first three quarters. I think but, I think both teams know. could hit over 20 points. Yeah, so I, I think I think I hit over for that 43 and a half. What, what do you think about this game? Uh, right now, betting against Dalvin Cook seems silly. I mean, I have him in fantasy. He's put up 30 points in like three consecutive weeks. He's been electric. I don't think this Bears team is going to be the one that stops them. Uh, just because their identity's been lost. I think we see the Vikings cover this two and a half point spread. I'm picking them on the money line. And I think we see the divisional matchup heat up just enough that we do see the over of 43 and a half hit. Yeah, so it seems like we're on the same page with that one across the board. Believe it or not, it seems like it's a short you know, docket this week, but that wraps up our picks for this week. That was our Monday night contest there. So we will be back with you guys on Monday night for our regular weekly recap. Again, we don't have any domestic leagues to talk about this weekend. We'll have a little bit of international soccer to talk about, but no domestic soccer and no MLS. So really we'll have a little bit more time to jump into and dissect the NFL season, especially as we're, you know, now getting a little bit more well beyond the halfway point. You know, halfway point I think was last week. Technically, it was between the one. Yeah, and the but with bye weeks. Games. But Some exactly. So, at the halfway point. so we'll have uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about. Probably, like I said, have a good uh, have a good bit of time to dissect the NFL games and you know get ready for the restart of some of the other leagues as they uh, as we approach the month of December and the turn of the new year. So we appreciate you guys stopping by. Appreciate you guys hanging with us and hearing what we have to say, check out our in, or our social medias. Or you can check out our Instagram and Twitter at, at B-O-T-T podcast. Anything, uh, anything on your end there, bud? Yeah, we have a little bit of news, and I think that calls for a little 
you can now call into the show. Next week, we're going to start taking live calls from the Balls Over the Top podcast number, and we're going to start taking calls on the podcast. Yeah, we're excited to have you guys tap in. We will post usually on social media with a little bit of a heads up with when we will start recording for anybody who wants to call in live. And you can also schedule that with us again on either of our social medias or Facebook, Twitter, privately on either of our accounts if you know us there. Yeah. You can even reach out on LinkedIn if you want to. Yeah. Uh, Really anywhere. Uh, We would happy to have you, happy to get some feedback. Love to get some of the voices, some of the fans of the show featured in on what we do here. I think that about wraps it up for us this week. Yeah. We appreciate you guys listening and appreciate Tyler for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for giving your pick, Tyler. Thank you, guys. And we will be back with you guys on Monday. Yeah, we'll be back.